Good evening, I'm Ted Koppel. Surely everyone knows by now that Buckwheat is dead. But for those of you who have not seen the videotape of Buckwheat being shot, let's take a look. Good to have you all with us. And, and for our legend today, bless his heart, Merle Haggard. All right. Oh, my God. Man, I never was so happy in my life to have you, all y'all, on this one particular show. I'm tickled show. to death. No one spoke at the funeral, and Father Peterson's leg had not yet mended. But it was agreed among them that Royal would have found the event to be most satisfactory. Ty Webb. Heavy Longmire. Gustav Mateblanc. London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles per second. This is GLK London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Come on then, Plato. Enlighten me. You can kick that dog all you want, but it won't make the rooster crow. Yeah, well, okay, thanks. And we are back on Can You Hear Me, the podcast of three guys just talking about stuff. And I am Gustav Monteblanc. I am Ty Webb. And I am Heavy Longmire. And you can find us as usual on Twitter. Uh, I'm the real Gustav. I am Longmire Heavy. And I am Muzzy74. M-Z-Z-Y-7. You hate that every time. You can always email us at canyouhearmepod at gmail.com. Or, yeah, that's it. And you can find us. We have a website, canyouhearmepod.com. And you can find us on Instagram and Tumblr and all kinds of other stuff. We even have a Pinterest. <laughs> wow. We need to start doing some crafts then. Maybe. Uh, I hope it's just a bunch of photos of Heavy at the Beach. We start doing crafts with pallets. Yeah, pallet craft. I put yeah. I put old Merle Haggard albums on there. Oh, Merle. So Merle passed away several months ago now. We hadn't got around to talk about it because we've been so busy. But um, Merle was one of those ones that was a standard, I think, in our country and Western mindset growing up. No yeah. doubt. Yeah, absolutely. He was just he was yeah he was a standard bearer kind of. And. I think, you know, we all watched T-Haw, so there was no doubt Merle was on there. Oh, yeah. But one thing that sticks out to, sticks out to me was Merle in the movies. And Clint Eastwood loved Merle Haggard. So in those early 80s awesome Clint Eastwood movies, <laughs> you had Merle Haggard songs. So there was um, Misery and Gin, I think was in one of the Every Which Way But Loose movies with the orangutan. I think it was in the first one, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. I don't remember which Every, one. That's the first Every one. Which Way But Loose. Yeah. The second one's Any, Any Which, which way, way You Can, can I think. Yeah. <laughs> but I, th- I want to say Misery and Jim was in the first one. And then he was in Bronco Billy. Was he? Yeah. And they did a duet. I don't recall that, which I think I probably hadn't seen Bronco Billy in Bronco Billy is 30 great. years. Bronco Billy holds up. Does it? Yes. I hadn't seen that in a while, but I, I imagine I it watched it maybe about 10 years ago, and it holds up. Huh. Now, one thing that I never have figured out is why Eastwood was into that blonde chick. Sandra Locke. Sandra Locke. Yeah. Because that started back in the 70s. Oh, yeah, with the uh, spaghetti westerns. No, 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 no. She wasn't in those. No, no. <laughs> wasn't no. 
No, no, no. The chick he was married to? Yeah. Well, I don't know if they ever got she married. She was in High Plains Drifter. Was she? Yeah, she was. You're that's right. That's not a spaghetti western. You're right. The spaghetti westerns are High Plains was no, the last one, wasn't it? That's not a spaghetti that's western. That's not a spaghetti western. Uh That was an American was, one. Well, and was High Plains High Plains wasn't a uh Leone. I thought no, that was no. it. No. That wasn't Sergio Leone? No, no. The High Plains ones that are uh, the spaghetti ones that he did were Fistful of Dollars, Few Dollars More, and Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Right. Yeah. And then High Plains Drifter, I think, was purely an American. Okay. I was thinking that that was the last one, one of my of those. favorite, and I love all his westerns, but High Plains Drifter is one of my favorites. Yeah. It is good. And uh, she was also in, I want to say, was she in Magnum Force? One of the Dirty yep. Harry movies. Yep. And She uh, was. She was one of the victims. Yeah. He had to, or no, they were in the gauntlet where he had to get her from... Oh yeah, yeah. She was in I one. Forgot of the name of that movie. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. anyway, so if you don't know who we're talking about, we got Clint Eastwood, all time one of the great manly macho. He's my favorite actors. Western actor. Uh, give me a Clint Eastwood movie over a John Wayne movie. I'll go on record Boy, as saying odd. that. That is bold. Uh, that's bold, and I'm sure we're gonna hear some feedback from Travis Bell on that. Yeah. But man. I might have to be with you on that. I think I would lean with you on that. I've, and this is just me. I've, and I know it was in the era of that's how movies were back then. But John Wayne didn't kill enough people and didn't cuss enough for my liking. I liked the Clint Eastwood westerns where he was just a bad dude, and you knew that there was going to be some hardcore killing, and he wasn't scared to dog cuss somebody. No, I, I, I. I I myself am a fan of, you know, what the Spaghetti Western started mm-hmm. and carried on forward with Peck and Paw and everything. That Those are the Westerns I prefer. Yeah. Yeah, for so, sure. I mean, The Man Who Shot Liberty Violence does count as about ten movies. Yes. But, I mean, my favorite movie of all time is Unforgiven. Really? It's a good That's one. Great. I don't know if I would I mean, go it has that three high. of my favorite actors of all time in it. Richard Harris, Gene Hackman, and Clint Eastwood. But yeah. I just love something about what that about movie the Morgan first time Freeman I saw it. It just Morgan resonated, Freeman. you know. Yeah, and Morgan Freeman. Love it. Love it's, that it's, movie. It's, what if they redid that one and just had Morgan Freeman narrate everybody's roles? He just narrates the whole movie. Just he does all the he, he does all the speak. Yeah. Set up like a documentary. He does all the speak. All the speak. <laughs> he does all the speak. That's a Old English term. Is it? Yes. Is that with like an E at the end? Oldie speaky? No, there's no E at the end of it. Yeah, no. I mean, come on, Gustav, what do you think? <laughs> Don't question me on my old English, because I do read lots of McCormick, Cormac McCarthy. And he wears a lot of English leather. Mm-hmm. Most people wouldn't think those two are connected. No, but, but obviously they are. One. And I listen to a lot of modern English. And he used to like bad English. Yeah. Back so many, day. So many great jokes just being rapid fire. There you go. That no one's going to get. Right. Anyway, back to Merle. Back, no, I want to go back to Sandra Locke. I'm not done with that. Oh. So, for those of us that don't know and aren't familiar with it, here we have Clint Eastwood, super macho, everybody's, you know. A looker. A looker. And he hooks up with a scrawny. A waif. Anemic looking waif with like golden straw hair and puts her in multiple movies as the love interest. Mm-hmm. When he could be like sticking Ann Margaret into there, yeah, or whoever he wants, but we keep keeps doing that. That's and true love. 
I guess. I think that backfired on him because I think she was batshit crazy. Probably. Have you seen things much hotter than Anne Margaret and Bye Bye Birdie? Mm. How about Anne Margaret in uh, Tommy, the rock opera? Oh, yeah. When she's all rolling around in those baked beans. Or uh, isn't it Viva Las Vegas yes. that she's into? And she looks... Oh, she was, she, there had to be something going on behind the scenes there, right? I would imagine. I mean, how could there not be? You can't put those two irons in the fire and it not burn up. Man, hunk of burning love right there. All right, so back to Merle. All right. So, you know, Merle's in the movies, but here's my deal. There is a line... Unfortunately, where I don't really care about Merle's work after that line, you know, it's somewhere in the mid early 80s. And it's just and I think that happens with a lot of a lot of people. Yeah. You listen to them for so long. And then at some point you just kind of arbitrarily say, well, okay, I got enough. I got enough. Well, it kind of happened with Cash until he came back and. uh you know, did those stripped-down yeah. records later on. Yeah, with the American uh, stuff. Yeah, no, you're right. I saw Merle in concert uh, out in Lubbock when I was out there at Tech at some kind of frat-sponsored event, and it was just in a, the Coliseum there, and I was front row. And unfortunately, and he seemed old at the time, so in hindsight, I think he was on like 50-something, Yeah, which doesn't seem that old now. But he chose to wear a sleeveless T-shirt, Uh-oh. so I had to look in Merle Haggard's armpit, and he had like skin tags uh, and Merle Haggard armpit hair. Probably had old man arm. By he had that old time. man arm. Yeah, it was kind of flabby, flabby and yeah. it was not a good look. I wish he'd put on a regular yeah. shirt, but it was a good concert. But Merle can wear whatever the fuck Merle wants to wear. I hope the skin tags didn't retroactively lower him in your mind at all. No, no, it was just it was. It stuck out of like this would be a lot better if, if he you, didn't have skin tags. If, I mean, no. I bet skin tags in general are off-putting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I agree. I and agree. you need to get those looked at. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fix that. <laughs> Heavy. Hello. Hello. <laughs> yeah, the skin tag is nasty. Yeah, they're gross. I'm gonna go home and check, make sure I don't have any. Yeah, yeah. I was just going through in my mind, like, like I wonder where yeah. one every once in a while. I just cut them off. Yeah, that's what you got to do. Yeah. Get Pocket to- knife? Toenail clippers? Toenail clippers. Oh, yeah. Clip. Clip. Our, our young uh, listeners don't have to deal with that yet, but it's coming. Skin oh, tags, yeah. wild-ass eyebrow hairs. Yes. And ear hairs. Oh, yes. yes. And you'll just you be brushing your hair one morning, and you're looking, and you're like, what in the hell? And there's this wild-ass white, gray eyebrow just curly cueing up. Like or a it's like tail. a big coarse one. I had like this yeah. boar's hair that I didn't notice. And I got to my client's side and one of my work wives is like, what's that sticking out of your eye, eyebrow? And it was like two inches long. Yeah, just this they're just thick. weird. They just pop up overnight. I've got one of those kinda... coarse hairs and I pull it and it grows back that way every time. Yes. It's like a boar hair. Yep. that just And sometimes they just pop up in weird spots. I used to have one on the inside of my forearm. No matter how many times I'd pluck it in about six weeks. There it is again. I mean, I've almost got enough of those plucked to make a real nice shaving brush. Oh, that'd be nice. <laughs> you know, the uh, uh. the Plains Indian created uh, roaches that they wore on their hair from porcupine guard hairs and deer hair, and you yep. just folded those over and dyed them, 
and you tied them together and made a decorative headdress. Excellent. Maybe I could do that. So I could teach you you how to do that because I was well-versed during my old-style Lakota dancing phase on how to make a roach. Could you show me how to... Uh, maybe do some bead inlays. I can do bead work he was and into quill the bead work. work. Yep. I'm, I'm very good at lazy stitch and, uh. This I son can, of a bitch knows his Native American dancing and bead work. There was a time where that occupied an awful lot of my, uh, waking hours. I'm just thankful that I know someone who knows how to do both of those. Cause that's gonna come in handy when society collapses. Yeah, exactly. 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 So, Merle, was a great concert. I'm glad I got to see him. I'm again not real crazy that I had to see his uh, armpit hair and stuff, but I'm a fan of Merle before the beard. Mm, yeah. Good, so, good looking Merle. Good looking Merle. Yeah. So you get that old stuff. It's just I, I just yeah. like it better. I tell you, one of my and some of like my dad's friends who you know like my grew dad. up in the yeah. <laughs> Well, I grew up in the when late I say 60s. Dad's friends. It's always going to be the uh, and I've had this conversation with several of them, and they tell me that I'm wrong. That no, he really meant it. And I'm like, no, the Okie from Muskogee, that was written kind of like the way it was facetious. It was tongue yes. in cheek. It was tongue in cheek, just like Redneck Mother that yep. Ray Wally Hubbard did. Right. But a certain sector latched onto it. Thinking that that's really what Merle thought. Yeah, By they were giving God. him a hell yeah. And that is not what Merle's thinking was at all. I mean, the man is from Bakersfield. Right. Yeah. And uh, I've argued till I was blue in the face with the man that I stopped to see yesterday who my dad was visiting. And, yeah, it's just like, no, Merle wouldn't think like that. Right. Merle, you know, he wasn't a hippie. Merle was uh Merle was toking it up like, with the best of them. He's been smoking dope and popping pills since the yeah early '60s, man. Yeah, yeah. It, it it's always amazing. Just like and we've talked before about Leonard Skinner, yeah. you know, with the whole Neil Young feud thing, right. which was just it was made up. There it was, was a no, bit. Yeah, Sweet Home Alabama, the line with the Neil Young line in yeah. there. That was. They were they were fans of Neil Young. Right. They were not off put by his song Southern Man. They loved that song. And I don't know about for you guys, but for me, Merle was one of the first guys that I can remember seeing on TV and just being like in awe of his coolness. Yeah. I was just like that yeah. dude does whatever he wants, and he looks super cool doing it. Probably the the biggest one, Johnny Cash was that for me. As far he was as, that way too, no doubt. As far as that just, and he was another one that had a, you know, that in the 60s, I mean, he had a different worldview than what his audience Absolutely. Had, no doubt. You no know, doubt. and, you know, the man in black, how, you know, he's going to wear black till, you know, what was it, till all the people who are suffering in the right. world aren't suffering anymore. Right. I, I wear this for all the people who are on death row, and, you know, I mean, he had a, he had a very, activist kind of liberal side to him but but he was but his songs he was singing what he knew about he was country you know i mean he was poor old boy from arkansas right But especially by the time that he got to the end of his life and i think it was because you know at its core what he was singing about and everybody could you know resonated with everyone was that you know just the 
human spirit and yes. that kind of stuff because yes. he the human condition right because to me that's what Merle's music was about was right. the human condition you know he was Merle was the poet for the working man right you know it was that just your blue collar everyday salt of the earth person could understand a Johnny Cash or Merle Haggard song yeah know? I think Cash has to uh, have one of the most eclectic fan bases oh. of anyone I can think of. I, I would mean, say he, rappers. I would that say like him, him and Willie. Yeah, and Willie too. Right, yeah. and Willie's just because of his, all yeah. his dope smoking, you know. And, 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 and he's always putting himself out there. Like we saw him in Zoolander two the other night when we were watching that. Willie's in there, you know. <laughs> Cash's late work, because there's no doubt that all these musicians, you know, looked up to him. But when he got with Rick Rubens and did all those American recordings, not all of them were great, but on every one of those albums, there's at least two or three things that are superb. Yeah. Well, I think people forget how almost irrelevant he was at that time. Oh, absolutely. He had been thrown out to the... Because I remember when that first one came out, I remember reading about it in Rolling Stone, maybe, or it might have been in No Depression magazine. Right. And I remember kind of chuckling, thinking... What's he doing? You know, yeah. this isn't going to work. And by God, it did. I mean, it turned him on to, because that was in the middle. Mid-90s. You know, yeah, I would say at the height of the grunge period. And those people latched on to him. Oh, well, yeah. He did that great version of Rusty Cage. Yeah. By, uh, yes. Soundgarden. Yes. And, I mean, that's just. I, that was worlds colliding yes. right there. Yeah. And it, it was just perfect. And then later on, when he did uh, "Hurt" by Nine Inch Nails, mm-hmm. yeah. that's a good one. That's a great one. That video still it gives me goosebumps. Oh well, Listen, and you know, you know, and seeing June look yeah. at him, and you know, yeah. knowing that she died shortly after that, yeah, and has to be one of the best videos of all time. Agreed. Yeah. Well, um, we got. Uh, we we got salute the, you, Merle Haggard. We salute you, Merle, and uh, stay hard. I remember. Uh, <laughs> Touching off my Austin, when we hooked up with him at the uh, county fair, he told us that he got to see Merle and Bob Dylan together. Damn. Uh, Man, what year? uh, It had to be like in the past, maybe like sometime in the early 2000s. Damn. I remember him saying something about that, but I don't remember how I don't remember what the date was. was. That would be awesome. And he wasn't... If I remember, I, I don't think he was a big Merle Haggard fan, but he really enjoyed it, he said. Right. So. I never saw Merle. I saw him once, and it was in, it would have been around 91, 92. So that, would, that would have been, I saw him in like 92, 93. It was, I, I think it was, maybe it was 92. He was opening for Clint Black at Reunion Arena. Yeah. Mm. So. Which Clint Black then was huge. Oh, he was yeah. huge. I mean, that's when the Killing was, Time was yeah, out. Yeah, he was the And guy. he was solid. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that, yeah, that wrong first with, record was really good. Nothing wrong with Clint Black. Had like eight number ones on yeah. it or something. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we've got a, um, we got a, we got some feedback. We, I do want to give a shout out to the guys over at Partial Recall. Oh, uh, yes. KJ and Clay. Thank you for the stickers. Uh, they sent awesome us, uh, stickers. Some stickers. And we're certainly going to have to find somebody to make some stickers for us because I like the idea. Gustav has one on each butt cheek right now. Uh, that is not true <laughs> at all. Parading around my garage. My butt cheeks are too hairy to stick stickers well, on. Well, they're going to hurt when you well, pull them those off. Those must be tattoos. 
All right, so Clay sent this little note. Said, 903 boys, thanks for the support. We love your show, and it's great to have this family that essentially stemmed from being blowout P1s. If you're ever in Denton, give me a shout. So that's the good guy, Clay. Thank you, Clay. We need to have a... a a hookup get together with some of these folks sometime. Oh yeah, we should. We, should. Well, we've talk- we ought to meet at that damn Poncho's in Denton. Well, I think that's where <laughs> it's headed. I, I, I would kill himself at a Poncho's. Oh man, I, I will. He, he would explode out in the parking lot. Leaving I that have place. killed myself many a times at a Poncho's. Remember, we went to the Poncho's in Plano on a after work from working for the school. Oh yeah. Well, oh, and wasn't yeah. Oh my gosh, the biggest eater. Yeah, the, of our uh, youth, the son of the uh, yeah yeah, and he he'd already warned us that he was going to put the hurt on him yeah, and he may have suffered some abdominal problems that later on caused some surgery right. I mean, I think that's what caused his uh, maybe colitis where he had to have to his behold. half his intestines removed I mean, right had to have that colostomy bag. Uh, yeah, I think the Denton. Uh, Ponchos is definite. I, we can get uh, Jay Cranfield in there. We can uh, we can hook up with Clay. I'm sure we can find some others that would also. So I'm, I'm we can see if Longmire wants to go. We can see if Longmire wants yeah, to go. Yeah, I might be up for it. So, but anyway, thanks for sopapillas. Oh man, I love those sopapillas and the flautas. The flautas. So give partial recall. Uh, listen, you know they're uh, a fair bit younger than us, so they've got that '90s sensibility growing up. I will admit, sometimes I listen to them, they make me feel total old balls. I yeah. Mean, just. Well, we're getting there. We are. We are middle age. That's a kick-ass logo they got. That though. is great. I don't know who the hell designed that, but that's awesome. Yeah, so, it's got I think that. I'm going to get whoever designed that to design my new name. I'm thinking about. Just doing a symbol? Com- like, yeah, like coming a up with a new name that's just a symbol. What do y'all think? Is it going to be easier to find on Twitter than. Muzzy seventy four. That that's, that's kind of the genesis of why I'm gonna have to go uh, and name. Yeah, you've already just name yourself. Just pick an emoji, and that'll be your name. Hey, did y'all? I, I'm not a big emoji user. Okay, never I don't use, use one. one. I, I do, and I know you do because you send them to me sometimes, and I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> but uh, they're cute. I saw. Okay, speaking of cute, I saw. They're not gonna let you in ponchos with that kind of talk. <laughs> There was some dentist that used the rainbow shit emoji trying to say that that's happy toothpaste. Like, uh, what was the... Oh, the no, toothpaste? it's not, sir. Yeah, I know. The Aquafresh? The Aquafresh. So it, it looks like a little dab <laughs> of Aquafresh, but it's a rainbow shit. Now, I, I don't know why. That. But uh, I saw that news story the other day, and I felt bad for her. Because she was about, like, maybe pushing 60, it looked like. Yeah, she doesn't know. Oh. Yeah, my my dad texts. He's he's a texter, and uh, yeah, that he still doesn't know how to do other stuff. He can. I've that tried to. Dad. I've tried to tell him, you know, Dad, you can check your email from your. I don't want to do that. I'll just go to the computer. We don't have <laughs> to go. You can do everything right there on your phone. That's the fucking computer. Yeah, but as hard you know? as it is for him to see. Well, he's got the text blown up to where it fits like three letters <laughs> per screen. You know. <laughs> What my dad will do, because he's gotten into it, too, where he'll do the text all the time. Yeah. What he hasn't picked up on yet, and I don't even know if he knows how to check his email on there or not. Maybe, yeah. but uh he hasn't 
picked up on if you're on a group text at some point mm-hmm. and you want to start a side conversation with one of the members mm-hmm. that you have to start a new text gotcha. or everyone else is just in on the conversation. Right. He's just carrying it on. So he's yeah. Talk, he's yeah. Maybe talk shit about somebody else that right. was in the text. And so if yeah. I try to start that a new asshole, one I can't it, stand it, <laughs> Peggy, you know. Uh, it, it doesn't work. He yeah. just If I try to start a new one, you know, just open up a new mm-hmm. uh, line of communication, he's answering me back still on the group text. <laughs> Just it, that's when I just have to call him. Right. Oh, oh man, dads yeah. are fun. Dads are fun. And I assume mine and yours are texting back and forth all day. Oh, I'm sure they like are. Like little girls. Like little girls. My dad's were He was really excited when he he got a, a smartphone a few years ago. He, you know, we're up there visiting one weekend, and he's like, we're sitting on the back porch. He's like, let me show you this picture of this fish I caught. And he whips this phone out of the front pouch of his overalls and he's showing me this picture. where I carry mine. (laughs) He's showing me this picture. I was like, when did you get that phone? Oh, I got it a couple weeks ago. (laughs) There's a (laughs) A lot of pomp and circumstance involved in bringing that out. Samsung Galaxy of some sort thing. I was like, why did you get this? Why didn't you get an iPhone? Oh, this thing's way better than an iPhone. How do you know that? Well, that's what the guy at the Samsung store said. <laughs> well, how do you do this? I was like, I don't know, man. Those things are way different than. But once he figured out how to uh, text pictures yeah. from that, oh, I get pictures of you know, I'm out fishing. It'll just be a picture of his cork out in the. <laughs> All right, cool. Like, like you needed proof. That yeah, that really yeah. is what he's doing. Pretty sunset tonight. <laughs> picture of the sunset out behind the house. Yeah, that's that's nice, Dad. Mine enjoys sending me random pictures of the dinner that they're having that night. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, sure enough, Dad, that is a peach cobbler. <laughs> I mean, I can't tell you how many pic- how many food pictures, and uh, not to be outdone, to take it to the next level, he'll send me a photo of his cocktail. Oh, there you go. Ooh, I'm glad you finished off that. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't gotten any of those just yet. Right. But yeah, it'll be like, hey, look at there. It's a there's a beer, or there you he'll, s- you know, that sure enough, that is a Jack and Coke. Yeah, sitting right there on the table. Subtitle: Life is good. <laughs> that kind of it's gonna get doesn't sick. get any better than this. <laughs> well, I'll be that, damn, that is an old English dad. <laughs> I don't get those from my dad. I mean, he uses the phone, but he, he texts me, you know. But it's well, usually, your dad's been up on technology. Yeah, he's more technology. So, yeah. but he's just he. It's usually about a gun or something or something he's found or something. Yeah, you know, he doesn't not, send you a picture of a plate full of green beans. No, he doesn't send me pictures of food. Well, I'll forward. I'll start forwarding yeah, just, you some. Yeah, send those over. We'll put them on the website. I have Gustav into that group text. Yeah, <laughs> you'll never be off Tommy, it. Yeah. You'll never be off it. <laughs> now. He did mention that uh, our meetings, as you described them to him. Oh, well, hold on. When did we see him? Oh, well, we saw him at a funeral yesterday. Yes. He was not the one the funeral was for. He was not. No. It was not for either of any of the dads, but it did bring up um, Heavy and I were like, we need to talk about funerals. Because we mentioned... Yeah. On the previous episode about my kick-ass uncle's remembrance ceremony funeral type thing, and that kind of got me thinking about it. In the 903, the funeral's a big deal. Yeah, and this is the funeral me and Gustav attended yesterday. It's from an you know an old family friend. I mean, 
that family's been a part of my family's life since my dad was a kid, you know. And the town. I mean, yeah, yeah. and the town. Yeah. And the town. And, uh, you know, this man had been in bad health for, gosh, 10 years. Yeah. And, uh, so anyway, it's, that, that's the setup for it. So, and, so you expect to see a lot of people of the, you know, generations of, uh, different generations attending this, right. this funeral. There's going to be old people. There's going to be, People our parents' age. Now let's be... let's set that bar right there because there was a time when old people didn't mean our parents' age, and our parents' age is they were still olds. Yeah, but the ones I'm calling the old people were the ninety year old people. Right. That were there. Yeah. Amazingly, and I didn't realize this till yesterday, the gentleman's mom is still alive. So he was seventy one, really? and she's like ninety. She's ninety three. Wow. And I don't want to get to be that old. Yeah. That's old. Yeah. And uh, so I mean, there was a trickle down of generations because everybody, you yeah, know, there was the eighties, everybody there knew was the, the family, 60s, and, there was the fifties, uh, the forties, probably down to some thirties was yeah. the general bottom end. I yeah. think there were some kids that got dragged along, but right bottom. But yes, the me and Gustav met up back on our hometown before the before the funeral, and uh, drove to the because it was just a graveside service, old school, and. uh Hot, hot, Ooh. hot. Five o'clock yesterday right. was what ninety three or something. something like that. Got the shade though. Yep. Fam- the old family plot, so there's yep. established shade trees. Right. Of course. You know some old oaks. And uh, so we drive to the cemetery together, and I had I told Gustav as we got back in the car, I'd I'd forgotten what a rural Southern Baptist funeral. Is like hadn't been to one in a while. So let's reset for those that have missed it. Uh, the two of y'all grew up Methodist. Yes. Yes. And I grew up Southern Baptist. So there is some minor doctrinal differences, not a big, but there is a worldview difference. Whereas the Methodism is more an Arminian, you know, grace type message. Whereas the Baptist is the better world's coming. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's very rooted in poor, old, you know, rural's not even the word, but just a, a poor mentality. Like, yeah. Your life is shit now. At least we got this coming. And it doesn't go to the same, it doesn't go to the extent of like the reformed or Calvinistic movement or anything, but it's still pretty much you know, once saved, always saved. True. Yes. Once you're in, you got it. No matter what you do, you're in. You may backslide, and you're not going to get as right. many glory in, in heaven, but and you're either in or you're out. Yes. And it's very, you know, it's cut and dry. Yeah. And there's a there's a very distinct time in which you know when you're in or out. Yeah. Whereas uh, in the Methodist face, it's it's more of a gradual maturing to right. the point of the right. worldview kind of thing. Yeah. But very much more grace based. Uh, I think in and they're even to an extent works based um, than Southern Baptist. Yeah, Southern Baptist it's a, it's an absolute statement of faith. Type and it has moment. nothing to do with works. No, yeah, you can, and that's a whole other issue. We spend no time. What's well, funny, and I'll never forget. Speaking of that, just a pigtail off that. Probably eight years ago, uh, one of my cousins died. He was older than me. Uh, he was a he was a fun guy. He was a womanizer. He he was 
he was the guy. He was the man. You know, he was, looked like the Marlboro man. He could, you know, pull all kinds of wool. Right. And, uh, well, he grew up Baptist and, uh, you know, huge turnout at his funeral. You know, he's just one of those friend to everybody kind of guy. And, uh, but I'll never forget one of my aunts saying, which in my cousin probably hadn't been to church since he was in junior high. Mm-hmm. But I remember her saying, well, at least we know he was saved. She's a Baptist too. And I'm like, yep, yep. She's like, I'll never forget the day that happened. It was such a joyous occasion. And, uh, but I just remember thinking afterwards, like, yeah, I, I mean, because my mom grew up Baptist. This was cousin on her side of the family, but I, you know, we all, I grew up Methodist. Right. And, uh, but just that mentality of, yeah, once saved, always saved, kind of, you know, doesn't really, doesn't so much matter what you do afterwards, you know. Well. I mean, to an extent. Yeah. You know. I, and, you know, there is the concept of backsliding. Right. And that, but, and people do rededicate their faith in the Baptist church. Yes. Yes. So I never have really gotten away from that thinking. I, it hasn't been supplanted by anything. I don't, I don't know. Personally, I think that if you totally renounced it, you know, there's got to be some kind of like cause there that you're like, hey. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think that a lot of theologians would argue that if you get to the point where you renounced it, then it wasn't there to begin with. Yeah, you can make that argument. And it's kind of a circular argument, you know, and it's a, I mean, but yeah, there, there's a very, there's still, uh, and there's a lot of focus on backsliding and that kind of thing too. There's definitely recommitment to your faith and that kind of thing, and that's very different than, I think their focus is just, it's not that you lose your faith and then you get it back right. and you lose it and you yeah. get it back kind of thing. And it's almost like, it's in, to frame it in Methodist terms, it's coming back into grace. Yeah. And you know, it, yeah. It, but anyway, but yes, it is always one of those things because, and we could spend, a, we could spend an episode talking about why I hate revivals. Mm. But there is a peer pressure. There is a psychological oh, yeah. type thing. Absolutely. There's a lot of baked beans. <sighs> yeah, there's bad deviled eggs. I would like to see the difference. Because like I said, I mean, and I don't know that much about the Baptist church because I didn't grow up in it. Whereas you did in a very small country Baptist small church. Rural, yeah. But I would like to see the difference in the beliefs of Southern Baptist as opposed to a you know, a Baptist congregation up in... Like the American Baptist up north or something. Up in Vermont or something yeah. like that. Is there a huge... Or even the Texas Baptist. Is there well, a they huge... Have well, yeah, there are... Is there a huge difference of opinions or is it pretty much... Because rural country... So, you know, you go out to some country Southern Baptist funeral and it really reminds me of, you know, minus talking in tongues. It's almost like a Pentecostal type as far as this world is shit... The next, you know, he's in. So the point that I was thinking of yesterday, it makes it seem, makes the afterlife seem so simplistic. To kick ass. The, because uh, this gentleman that we had talked about that passed away, you know, he had been, he'd been in bad shape for 10 years, you know, just suffering. He'd been in a wheel, hadn't walked in seven or eight years right. probably. He'd been in a wheelchair, just horrible. And the preacher brought up the point, you know, that, you know, now he's up there running and jumping and, you know, talking with Jesus. And, you know, and it's, to me, in simplistic terms of the 
physical nature of the afterlife, which I've never been there, so I don't know what it's like. But Spoiler. I don't, I, yeah. <laughs> That's not my impression of heaven. But it, it also does sort of create, in its most simplistic of terms, the idea of if this is so much greater and so much better and this is, you know, utopia, heaven, whatever, and things here are so shitty and always going to be shitty, why would you want to spend one more breath? Yeah. You know, I mean, you you think about why a lot of people, if they believe that to the farthest extreme, wouldn't well, just, just kill themselves. Yeah. Well, so, along those Because th- they're going to get to see a lot, you know, right. if they think they're going to get to see their family later on, that kind of thing, it's not like they're going to have to say goodbye forever. Yeah. Well, but, along those same lines... There is a a certain way of thinking amongst some fundamentalist, I mean, hardcore fundamentalist uh, congregations that view problems in the world like that, like just a fuck it. Uh, we don't have to worry about that because we've got yeah. this coming in heaven. Right. And that the con- the the, the I message- want to throw this bomb out there. Okay, to me, there. a lot of our fundamentalist religious politicians, to me, have that view. I can see war. that, but let's back off. Let's back off politics. Fuck it. We don't have to worry about global warming. Well, the, let's, let's back off that. <laughs> let's stay in. Let's stay in the, the safety right, zone. That of beep theology. noise you hear is Gustav <laughs> moving the show back. <laughs> Part of that, we still had like two southern states left listening. Right, and we're right. gone now. We lost. <laughs> we lost Louisiana. Um, oh no, we lost that after his whole coon oh, ass story. Right. I never said coon ass, sir. That uh, I am offended. <laughs> Mark that down. I am offended. Okay. That, that'll go in your bragging montage. There you go. I am offended. <laughs> one of the things that I've noticed, oftentimes, not always, because one of the preachers, the associate preacher in my church growing up, mm-hmm. PhD, mm-hmm. so educated, mm-hmm. but a lot of times... And now he's at the Methodist church. Now he's at the Methodist church. <laughs> uh, well, of, after the PhD. Once he got educated, he switched over to Methodism. Well, and, and that's... <laughs> That's where that's where I went too. I mean, you know, I'm not I'm not defending the Baptist because I don't align with it really with a lot of the things. But the congregations, you're you're pitching a different speed to them. Oh, absolutely. And if you have an old congregation, you're, you're pitching that hey, your yeah. hurting's going to end. If yeah. You got a poor uh, uh, population. You're going to be saying, well, our our riches are in heaven. You yeah. Know? So. I mean, there's a reason for that preaching to the choir phrase. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that didn't come out of nowhere. Right. Yeah. But yes, it, it's very much a, and I think that's just a. I think if we heard poor Methodists in the 30s, oh yeah, I think we would have heard the same thing. Well, you can go out to poor, you know, to rural Methodist churches, and they're gonna be, they're gonna have that kind of tone as well. They're gonna have a, I mean, because I mean, let's face it, most most of rural America is poor. Right. And so, amongst those populations, no matter the denomination, you have to change your message to, well, not only poor, but not very well educated. Right. And so, and I hate to use this term, no, you, you have don't. to dumb down your your speak, your message, to be able to, not necessarily dumb it down, but you have to say it in a way that your audience is going to understand. Right. I've you always know. thought it's fascinating because I've I've attended several different types of churches, different denominations and everything. And one of the things that I find fascinating is that there's such a difference in the leadership structure, 
such that certain types of denominations gravitate more towards the pastor or the charismatic leader or that kind of thing versus a more versus a leadership structure that is uh, more team oriented right. or elder led or that kind of thing. That's always fascinated me. And that's one of the things that always scares me about the non-denominational church or the independent church where me too. The lack of accountability. The lack of accountability. Yeah. And, you know, up where I live now, there is a pretty large church that fits right into that that some people would argue is cultish, you know, where yeah. they're organizing uh, marriages and breaking families apart if somebody doesn't toe the line. So... And they there's are, also, this was before you lived over there. This was probably early to mid nineties. There was a church there that, I mean, this pat, it was a denomination. This dude went ape shit crazy as far as his God complex. And I think he's in Florida preaching now, but I found an article. Somebody was telling me about it and I found an article a couple of years ago and I found an article online about it and it blew my mind that something like that would happen. I'm going to say it. Do you know the name? Uh, Maybe. Yeah, that's he's still up there. He's old, and they still run that place. Okay. I'll edit that out. But yeah, I think it might have been. No, I think that might have been it. Because the Pentecostals kicked him out back in the uh, okay. uh, back in the 70s, and Texas Monthly did a big article on him back then, and there was a fire, and people were... Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, and they were... Yeah. Okay. No, that was them. They're still there, and it's all kind of crooked, and they they yeah. break up families. They're all kind of crazy yeah. stuff. I'll edit all that stuff out. Yeah. Well, I've always appreciated, and the, I mean, the, the Methodists aren't the only ones that do this, but I like how they do rotate their leadership, mm-hmm. their ministers, and their pastors, so a place doesn't become so leader driven. Yeah. That, right. You know, they're there because. The pastor is really funny, or he's a really good communicator, or yeah. is it, you know, it's because for both, for both the congregation and the leader, that's putting way too much responsibility on one person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it, it's hard when you lose a when you know because it's time and they want to yeah. stuff. It it hurts, and you may not always get the equivalent the next go around. Oh, yeah. But I agree, it keeps it from becoming a cult of personality it makes it more congregation driven yes. than leadership well, it, driven and two and i've heard i've had a past you know methodist pastor say it to me this way you know the part of the reason the methodist church does it like that is to first off it's hard to it's pretty damn hard to become a methodist preacher i mean you've you don't just take show a, up and say you hey. don't just take two months of bible class down in fort worth somewhere and they give you a certificate to go preach you know i mean you, you Got to go to seminary and do right. all this, and, do it. and you're an associate pastor for years, and you do. And what I was told is part of the reason that process is like that. I mean, they do humongous, you know, extensive credit checks on you to make sure that you know that you're in good standing financially. That you're. Right. I mean, it's all about. They have all kinds of tools in place to make sure that you're doing this because you are truly called. Right. Not, and they move you around. They try to make it test you. I'll say uncomfortable because yeah. nobody wants to jerk their family up and move them all over the state, you know. But they're trying but, to call those that aren't totally Yeah, they want to make sure right. that you are committed and that you truly do have the calling, which is admirable. I mean, good Lord. 
that that'd be tough. Yeah. I don't think I would make a good Methodist preacher. I, I know you would not make a good Methodist preacher. I now, think it depends. No, it, it might depend no, on the congregation. No. Anyway, so going back to this idea of the rural funeral, the first funeral I ever went to was my great grandmother's. I was eight. So I was lucky enough to be born with three full sets of great grandparents up till I was eight years old. Damn. And spent tons of time with Put them. Put that on the bragging montage. Yeah. yeah. But it was, so I was raised by all these old people. Now we were Baptists. So, um, when my nanny died, we had dueling preachers, which is not uncommon in the dueling rural. preachers. Well, you get like kind of like a piano bar. You, you know, <laughs> you, you it's like one, one side throws out a scripture, and the other one's like, oh, oh yeah, well, basically Matthew three sixteen. So basically, so one side of the family said, okay, here this is our pastor, and her my great grandmother's sister's like, well, I want mine oh, to come preach too. Gotcha. Well, here's the problem. Now, as rural and as small as ours was, I think she was what you might define as a primitive Baptist on the other side. And she so, had a wore a breech clock. No, not that. <laughs> so ours gets up and preaches, and it's she the same. Topless? No, it's, there's no women Baptist preachers. So I changed my opinion. You're, you wouldn't make a good pastor. Not a good pastor at all. Church of Longmire. Uh, <laughs> so. Our preacher gets up. It sounds like the normal stuff I hear. It's the body. You know, she's not right. hurting anymore and all this stuff. The My great-great-aunt's pastor gets up. The primitive Baptist. Starts speaking starts, in tongues. Uh, Look uh, out. Uh, uh, grunting. So in the Baptist church, Baptist. you're not getting any tongues, okay? Yeah. Southern Baptist, there's no tongues. You might get an amen, yeah. that's about it. This very is the hand-waving. Very no, rare I, in the SBC. I can't handle the hand-waving to this day. makes me uncomfortable. I don't like it. Um, but starts speaking in tongues, and my grandmother, who was crazy in her own right, she is flipping her wig. I mean, she is giving the dagger across the neck. Of the <laughs> She's preacher. dancing out there, Sandman style, Man, she, and dragging this she dude was off. Fit to be tied. And I'm hearing this babbling, and I'm laughing. I mean, not like loud, but I'm like eight year old Gustav, just like <laughs> right. And that who invited oh, Tilton? Man, <laughs> she was so mad. So I, I've been to a couple of Pentecostal like weddings and stuff. Never and have. I just like making fun of them. I know you like making fun of them. Uh, the tongues. I'm a cessationist, as we talked about yesterday. I don't think the gift of tongues carried on past a certain point. I, it's to me, it's just. It's, I find them fascinating. Well, it's the, very well, like that book. That you gave me years ago, right. I I still have it somewhere. That book was absolutely captivating. What's it on? It's on a snake handling congregation in Appalachia, uh, Sand Mountain or something like that. There's a really good documentary about yeah, one of those. Yeah, and too. this dude, this dude was a reporter for a newspaper in Atlanta, and he just wants to do a story. He wants to write an article on these. Uh, Snake handling Pentecostals up in oh, Appalachia. Because yeah. there had been a murder. And uh, so he starts hanging around the church and stuff. Well, he ends up. How southern goth is this? Oh, it's, the book is so goth. Oh, and, it's and great. he turns. He, yeah, he ends up becoming one of them. Wow. And, All uh, right, i got to read this. It's, it's a, like a Pulitzer Prize winning book. Oh, it's it was great. great. Um, I'm looking it up right now. Keep talking. Or don't. 
Just oh, but yeah, it's very Oh, good. by talking, you mean like yeah. audibly. But oddly enough, do you know where the snake handling came from? From from the, in the New Testament? No, no. How it got... Oh. Who... It was actually Methodist circuit riders in the 1800s hmm. that that evolved from in the South. So the book's name is... Sa- uh, Salvation, Salvation on, on Sand, Sand Mountain. Mountain. Yep. And it is... Excellent. It's a non, you know, nonfiction. The guy gets goes native, handles snakes with them because it's he had a heritage of uh, Methodist circuit riders in his family going back. Interesting. And uh, you gonna let me borrow it? He if can't I, find it. Shit, okay, I'll I can buy it. I'm Try, sure it's cheap on Amazon. You still have that that uh, or did that was a hell of a that get lost too? The uh, commune book uh, somewhere. <laughs> That's a great one too. It's about this guy that goes. He's back in the 60s and the 70s. He's doing uh, research on communes. He goes native and ends up starting his oh. own commune and stuff. Oh. And that one's out of print. And anyway, we gotta start a commune. I love communes with I the like grape juice talk. and the bread. <laughs> I told you about the communions. The communion at the uh, at the contemporary service with where you dip the oh, bread yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. And, and that, that doesn't bother about, me. I don't. Well, like, I don't mind that. That bad that flipper in my mouth that. Got gummed up, and I'm sitting there choking uh. on the body of Christ. Have you ever taken it at the Catholic church where you share the one cup of wine? No, because every time I've been to a Catholic service, they're like, "Don't go up there." To me, yeah. They also do the thing, which I didn't do this with the times that well, I've you been. You shouldn't be taking communion to Catholic church. They, hey, I'll do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> okay. Um, is that you can? You know, a lot of them do just go up there. They just open their mouth and they put the wafer in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the, as it's gotten a little bit more modern now, you can just hold your hands out and they put them in your right. hands. I did the hands. My wife was, uh, she grew up Episcopalian, uh, Catholic life. No way. That's a word. The, uh, and they do the sharing, sharing the cup, you know, you just, I've seen that video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is, <laughs> man, I tell you what, I'm not going to that fucking church anytime soon. Uh, did I tell you about the time? What we like on time? Uh, we're at about 50 minutes. Okay. And there's a couple to be edited out. Um, in the rural Southern Baptist, and I think we may have mentioned this before, you know, didn't only had communion quarterly. Yeah, yeah. And they screwed up and ran out of grape juice because obviously we don't use wine in Southern Baptist. They ran out of the parking lot and grab a beer out of somebody's cooler. No, 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 no. <laughs> Who's got the Thunderbird? There was some stale Pepsi. Oh, shit. Back in the communion hall refrigerator. <laughs> yeah. Now, that's poured, sacrificing poured, to the Lord. They poured that into a couple of the cups. Oh, goodness gracious. So that was a, that was a I tell you, banner night. And another Good thing. Communion with Capri Sun. Another thing with the uh, rural wedding. In the, oh, the in wedding. The, oh, I'm man. sorry. I'm sorry. I always substitute wedding and funeral. It's that weird. It says a lot there, there yeah. Sigmund. Sorry, with Mr. The, uh, with the rural funeral is the animation of some Southern Baptist preachers. And I thought me and dad still laugh about this. It was at a funeral. Uh, was that your aunt's funeral? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like how he goes off mic. Barely. Yeah. I only have one that's dead. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you narrowed it down pretty quick. Uh, me and Dad are standing there, and this preacher, he's... <laughs> how, how nonchalant and covert was that? I, I don't mean to... That I wasn't even off mic. I know. I don't I don't mean to, to make this uncomfortable or anything, but 
<laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, you saying And uh so anyway, we're standing there and this preacher's going on about, you know, <laughs> the next life and you know and she's not hurting anymore, she's not suffering and in the next and well and it's just the uh we're at the graveside. Well he starts pounding oh, were you there? <laughs> What's up there? I can't remember. Yeah, I you made know, that one for your you made aunt. that one for your aunt. Okay. Yeah. Well, Who's he starts there. He starts hitting on the casket. <laughs> she ain't in here. She's in heaven. Yeah. And how he, do you think that my dad and my uncle were feeling about that? Yeah. Yeah, that's and rough. me and dad kind of look at each other, and I'm like, holy shit. I mean, he's slapping on the casket, you know, and I'm like, holy crap. I've never seen that before. And I felt like when he opened it up, that was a bit too far. Right. At mine, I'm going to have a closed casket, and I'm going to have Pop Goes the Weasel playing in the background. You're going to do the jack-in-the-box thing? And just make everybody real tense. So before I had kids, I used to tell Longmire that I wanted to be dressed as an Oompa Loompa. Hey! With the orange face and everything. Just yeah. in general or for your funeral? For the funeral. Yeah. I'd do it in general. Yeah. But with the kids now. Now, this is... I want to. I'm going to be cremated. I want to be cremated. Mrs. Gustav's already told me she's burning me. I yeah. mean, we do you after like, you die, probably. You know, maybe beforehand. I don't know. We can drag you well, up to Joshua be- Tree, right? Before I lose the thought, when you were talking about that, and I remember that, of course, because yes, I did go to my own aunt's funeral. Uh, Are you sure? <laughs> I don't remember seeing you. I was either I fishing or I, I was there. I don't remember uh, seeing you. Do you still have the program? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't, you I didn't call for the spotlight on me at any point to make right. sure everyone saw me. Uh, but do you remember how animated the Southern Baptist preacher, who we all know was very known about town, was at our high school baccalaureate? Yes. That ruffled feathers, even from people who were of that ilk. That He was screaming about... Uh, Fire and brimstone. Yeah. At a baccalaureate. Yeah. Yeah. Do all schools do that, or is that a small school I thing? I think that's a small school thing. I think, especially like, I think down here in the Metroplex, I can't imagine that they have that yeah. with this non religious, touchy feeling. Because I, mean, I didn't like that in 1993. No, I, was, I didn't care I was for staunch it. on separation of church and state, you know. Still am. I hate these little pop up churches. That's the one that's montage. I, that, yeah. Yeah. Pu- that'll rent the whole service at an elementary school, you know, in the elementary school cafeteria on Sundays. I'm like, no, that's Why a- does that bother We're getting freak- a pretty good look at Heavy's political platform. Is that a, that's a freaking public school paid for by yeah, but tax if they've, dollars. Yeah, but if they've rented it, then... I know the school district should not do that, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to follow up all of his statements from now on. With, in my opinion. In my opinion. In my opinion. It's like I used to get. That's irri- going to be the name of your op-ed article. <laughs> I used to get irritated. His column. Yeah, I used to get irritated at uh, right next to our friend's the, mom's column. The, oh yeah, yeah. Oh. At uh, the where we used to live, the church, their life center building, they would rent, hell they'd rent out to anybody to give them money, and they'd rent out to each of the political parties to have their rallies and stuff, you know. Right, and I'm like. This is a freaking church. We don't need political meetings. So freaking church. I'm going to see if you recall this, and maybe you will, maybe you won't, because I realize a lot of water's gone under the bridge. But in 1989, we took a trip back east to uh, Philadelphia. Yeah. 
And one of the things that was pointed out to us multiple times in these old churches from the colonial days is there would be the altar at the front with the pulpit, but oftentimes there would be like a little pulpit in the back where they would do the religious in the front, but political speeches would be given in the back during non-service hours. So that was the original business in the front, party in the back. Literally. Right. Do you remember that? I do not recall that. So we as a nation have a long history of multi-use facilities. That's, the idea that's of, when there were... The idea of the separation... They needed large spaces the to separation hold people. Church and state is the church not being dictated what the church is by the state. I know what church and state is, Not sir. just the idea of you can't and have any... We're about to break into a full Lincoln Douglas. Now, you do have to give full... If you do it for one, you got to give it to full. So if the exactly. Satanists want to rent out exactly. elementary school, you exactly. can't get your panties in a wad. There. Right. You wear but, panties? No, I don't. Okay. I don't. And free balls. No. I can see. I can't do that. Oh, I can't free ball. I used to uh-uh. do that in, in high school. I'm like, yeah, I'll free ball. No. And now, now i got to be careful just how I get out of my car. You know, you slide wrong and, oh, shit. Yeah, you pinch yeah. them nuts. Portion. Yeah. yeah. you got to wear that special Can you all tell I look different today? The, well, you're not wearing pants. I've, I have on new underwear. Well, well, you have. I thought there was a little more pep in your stuff. So, yeah. what kind of underwear do you have? God, you really want to go uh, this boxer well, briefs? I do. Want, I do boxer briefs. Point it out to us. So I do boxer not? briefs. Just yeah, boxer briefs are the best. Hanes so, but hold on. Boxer briefs. Do you wear the 100% cotton, or are you getting some with some spandex so they don't get all loosey goosey on the leg? Hell, however Hanes makes them, got, I don't know. Because I, I don't want to see them. You don't have shit. They're them, right there. Pull them back up, damn it. Yeah, your sacks hanging definitely. out. Look at that. <laughs> definitely, you definitely got to go with a little of that stretchy. Yeah. Because I can't handle the ride up. No, I don't want the ride up, and I don't want the flappy leg. Yeah. Yeah, flap leg is because you might the, as well have the boxers. Yeah. On. If you get a little bit of sweat, then you got flap leg all day yeah. with those old school ones. Then they'll catch weird. And, yeah. So I'm glad. I'm glad that Mrs. Longmire bought you some. I, she did not. I bought them myself. I found some on sale. Did you try them on before <laughs> you bought them? I did. That is what, one thing. What? what? You tried on underwear? Absolutely. I was kidding. I'm kidding too. Okay. Are you? Good lord. I don't know. The, I don't I know. I think buying. he's pulling back. I think he's no. just pulling back. No. He's pulling out. I, I, <laughs> I hate buying socks and underwear. That's just like, I mean, I do it like once every four years probably. Well, Mrs. Yeah. Mrs. Put Bonifant, that on the non-Bradley right, montage. makes fun of me because if I find something that I like, I'll keep buying it yep. and stocking up on it. No, oh, okay. So like if I find a certain style of socks... I'm going to buy a new pack like each month, and I may not open that pack up for years. You're squirreling that shit I'm away. I'm squirreling that stuff away, and the same thing with underwear. If I, I find a certain kind, because they'll stop making it. Man, I'm the screwed. same way. I, did, I missed out one time. They discontinued an underwear that I was wearing, and at that point, I was like, never again. And, like, I found some socks that I liked at uh, Costco. I mean, there's no telling how many of those I bought. I mean, right. I filled a cart full of those things. Well, you know, and I've never thought about that. You know, Fruit of the Loom does that with their colored undershirts. You remember, you know, 15 years ago, you just wear the, the colored undershirt with a T-shirt, you know. It had just the, the Fruit of the Loom T-shirts with the pockets. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. And, Pocket uh, shirt. And you, yours always just colored from the weird stuff. In right. Sweat. Yeah, all the chemicals flowing through my body. But uh, he could take a black... 
shirt and wear it like three times, and it would become tie-dyed in these strange bleach colors anywhere. He, and he sweats a lot. I mean, I sweat a lot, too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it, we would buy the same concert T-shirt, black T-shirt. <laughs> Mine would look the same, just shrunk a little bit. His would be looks like wavy gravy shirt. Been hanging these, out with the Grateful Dead. Were these Dead. the result of illicit substances? There's a little bit of everything, probably, man. I mean, maybe a little pickled egg. <laughs> a little bit of everything, but uh, but yeah, with those Fruit of the Loom pocket shirts, you know, they only make they go in, you know, for several years. They'll make a pack of certain colors, and then that's freaking gone. Like Beanie Babies, you can't get those colors again. You know. <laughs> Yeah, just you got to stock up on Beanie Babies. All right, well, this has been a <laughs> that is the best dismount of all time. All over the map. Remember, kids, don't jar. I got a joke for you. All right, later we'll close with this. Do you know what the difference in a rhinoceros and a Zippo is? No. Please, Please tell us. One's really heavy, and the other's just a little lighter. <laughs> Gosh. That is so dad joke. That is the That's good. If you look up dad joke in the dictionary, there's a picture of that joke. <laughs> and Longmire giggling. Uh, exactly uh, like that. Uh, All right. Well, thank you. better way to end the show. I'm so, I, I feel I feel like we've let y'all down on this episode. Well we've talked about religion. Religion. Heavy's hatred of of the church. No, I love the church. The church is great. Just keep it fucking away from his school. Off mic, he did that whole thing where you open it up and here's all the people, people with his yeah. hands. It's yeah. all, it's all, yeah, fingers it's all middle up. fingers. All right, well, spirituality you, is a very important part of humanity. If you want to uh, answer back, all religions <laughs> answer back Not to just, heavy. Yeah, cut the mic. How the ecumenical mic. of you! All religions. All right, well, tweet at us if you disagree or agree with Heavy. If you don't agree <laughs> with anything I've said, you can tweet uh, Gustav and let him know. Yeah, please do. <laughs> you can email us at canyouhearmepod at gmail.com, and uh, we will talk to you later. Adios. Bye. Honey, this expensive brief fits like it's juniors. Too tight? Oh, yeah. Don't get uptight. The fruit of the loom guys. With instant relief from the uncomfortable brief. Try our full cut brief. It's made from pre-shrunk cotton fabric. To fit great. Wash after wash. With a super strong waistband. Now, I'm going to pray in tongues for a moment. Sumaka sidi dala muku, manda kishiti kolora bashata, manda kalabuhu masiki lomukura masa, kadita na namosoya lama kamba sotkoya. For I would say unto you, and world class championship wrestling. I'm Bill Mercer with Jay Sally. Good night from Dallas, Texas.